Yes, it's true. Well, the Pac-12 dies, the Big 12 thrives, but let's talk about a position group that I think, surprisingly, should thrive as well. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. Of course, you know we're available on every single podcasting platform, as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at AllDayOState. Yes, it has arrived. The Four Corner Schools are, are home. Now, you could talk about Utah and Arizona State potentially, you know, putting themselves at, at a bad position. But nonetheless, it appears as though everybody from all corners have come to their senses. I would have liked to still see UConn, but we're not entirely done with the way that the ACC is currently sitting. But before we do all of that, I want to talk strategically about Oklahoma State because this fall camp has started, right? We, we've kind of talked about a lot of positions, but one of the positions I want to hit on again, because maybe we haven't talked about it enough, is the cornerback position. Because one of the players that everybody's going to talk about inevitably that left Oklahoma State, quote-unquote, high and dry is at the cornerback position. Now, as I discussed a little bit previously, I think Ladarius Webb Jr. is better than Jabbar Muhammad, but we do know that Ladarius Webb Jr. is going to be playing safety. I don't think that that is a bad move. I think, if anything, it shows what we have at the cornerback spot, right? We, we all know one of those positions is already locked down by Corey Black because Corey Black is a senior, so it, it should be his spot, right? But we saw Cam Smith play quite a bit last year. And at 6'2", 195 pounds, he is somebody from a size perspective that will be able to go up against any wide receiver in the Big 12, let alone, well, actually more than just the Big 12. I think it's somebody who could go up against almost anybody in the country. Cameron Epps is definitely somebody that could do that at 6'3", 210 pounds. We've talked about the the cerebral side of the game for Cameron Epps and how he approaches the game from more of an analytical approach, right? That he has the necessary skill set. He has the speed. He has the tenacity. He has the understanding of what needs to be done on that side of the ball. We get that. What I love is him making the transition exclusively to the defensive side of the ball from high school, wherever he Played, he was successful, and he typically played quarterback. What he's able to do on the field is not short of amazing. It's going to be hard to keep somebody like that off of the field this this season. And then the guy who kind of 
you know, turn heads with one of the most remarkable plays, if not the play of the entire spring, is DJ McKinney. Another guy, six foot, 175, 180 pounds. Whenever you look at DJ McKinney and what he was able to do this spring, he's another person that you could probably spread some of the love here at the cornerback room and be okay no matter how you end up. I think you could argue the same for Kale Smith, who happens to be a local dude, right? Midwest City product, an Okie, who's going to have some opportunities. 5'11", 170 pounds, maybe he's one of the smaller of the group. And maybe you need to have the conversation about the versatility that he brings, not just from the cornerback spot, but also from a special teams perspective. I just, I really don't think that we should underestimate what we're going to get out of these guys. I think Dylan Smith and RJ Lesser are two young kids, right? Freshmen that are both going to have the capability to flourish in this system, right? We're not, we're not even completely talking about the benefit that Brian Nardo is going to bring to these guys individually. Like Deshaun Buckner is somebody who we've all watched grow at his time at Oklahoma State University. Another person that you know is probably going to get some some PT, right? How extensive? All right. Who knows? But the depth, like Jordan Reagan out of Bixby, another local Oklahoma product. He is very, very violent for that position as is somebody like Ladarius Webb Jr., which is why Ladarius Webb Jr. is going to be playing safety, which is why we also know Cameron Epps could play safety as well. DeKelvin Beeman is a very interesting prospect that I think could have also played safety as well. The, the, the interchangeable parts here are going to be huge for this team. In a position that was a little hit and miss last season. And Corey Black is, is one of, you know, the, the guys that we have to have the conversation about because he got away with some ticky-tack stuff. And, and if that's the case this year, then it's fine because I think the transfer from Arkansas State, Kenneth Harris, is going to be somebody that we talk about later on after his time in Stillwater as one of those transfers that's in the long lineage of cornerbacks that have been able to transfer from elsewhere, come into Stillwater, have some success, and then go do something in the NFL. I really like the idea that we have so many interchangeable parts here. When you have this many athletes, one of the things that you're not going to have concerns about is the toughness, right? If you know you have guys that can play multiple spots at any point in time, yeah, that helps with versatility, which clearly is going to help the team. But... The interchangeable parts, to me, is what is going to allow this defense to play at 173,000 miles an hour, which we all know that's what we want. That's what we're looking for. That's what we all hope for. If you're going to make mistakes, make mistakes at 155,000 miles an hour. We're okay with that. These guys fit that mold. and What we have at the safety position definitely fits that mold. So whenever you think about the cornerback position, I don't think you should think about it in the same breath as last season. Last season, we didn't quite have it figured out. 
Like this season, you you got a decent mixture of youth, right, with some exuberance, but you also have enough veteran leadership to understand what needs to be done. If it's just a Kenneth Harris type, if it's just a Ladarius Webb Jr., or if it's somebody like a Cam Smith who's seen time on the field, somebody like a Cam, Cam Epps who has that instantaneous versatility, somebody like a DJ McKinney who can make crazy plays, is he going to be able to be consistent? Yeah, I think so. But we don't know. We don't know until we see it on the field. That's all right. I just I have a hard time with buying the idea that we're not going to be pretty squared away at that position. I just don't see it. Obviously, let me know down in the comment section what you think. Uh, but before we talk about the fun news that we've been talking about on this program for quite some time, the four corner schools, the time has arrived. We can stop talking about it for the most part. It's a done deal. But before we do that, LinkedIn Jobs is where you need to be for your small business. Right here, right now. We all know that this is a crapshoot, right? It's a high-stakes wager. Anytime you're looking into the hiring process, especially in today's society, times are different. Times are a little bit more difficult. So go with the place that's going to find you the best candidate for the right fit, the right time for the right price, because when you post it, you can post your job for free. Again, this goes the other way as well. If you're looking for a job, make sure LinkedIn Jobs is the place to go. There's a reason why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one against their leading competitors. So do yourself a favor. Go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on. Do it today so you don't have to stress anymore. You gotta have the right championship pedigree inside your building, and enable to. In order to do that, you have to get LinkedIn.com/slash/locked-on-college. Again, that is LinkedIn.com/slash/locked-on-college. Make sure that all of your terms and conditions do apply. So, yeah, we get to jump on to number two. No secret, right? I I do still find it ironic that. When we woke up, right, when we all woke up this morning, there was a lot of those Pac-12 media-esque type guys that they're going to need LinkedIn jobs. They're going to need it very, very much so. So make sure that you send them this so they can get hooked up with their, their next job. Covering the Pac-12, well, they did it terribly. They lied to the fan base over and over and over. So that job is probably, uh, probably, probably not the best one for them to be in. So make sure you help them out and hook them up where they also have this opportunity to get hooked up with LinkedIn jobs. But there we go. We knew Colorado was in. We knew Arizona was in. I actually thought, you know, when we were talking about this 10, 11 months ago, that there was a good pop possibility that Arizona would join before Colorado. Colorado made sense, right? It made almost the most sense given their previous history with the conference. <clears throat> but, you know, Arizona had been having the conversation first. And for anybody out there, right, that just wants to talk about the Big 12 gets the crumbs, okay, that can be the perception for now. That, that's fine. And for anybody out there who's disillusioned in the idea that this is not a clear indication that there's going to be a mega three conference type of scenario. It's the beginning of the end. The Pac-12 
put themselves in a very precarious situation. It is kind of funny to see how pretentious and stuck up and snobby that Utah acted for the longest of times. Meanwhile, Arizona State really didn't say a lot. Arizona State did a decent job, I guess you could say, at kind of staying out of the mix, out of sight, out of mind. They didn't want to ruffle the Pac-12 feathers. That's fine. We understand that. But they also didn't do themselves any favors in getting themselves positioned to have a good shot at getting to the Big 12. Now, again, cooler heads ended up prevailing. Utah knew the writing was on the wall. Maybe they denied it for a long time. But this is evidence that the conversations were happening. I'm sure Oregon and Washington had conversations with the Big 12 as well. I'm sure Brett Yormark having a little bit of, of a, a time frame in mind pushed these people along as well. I'm sure the bull honky displayed by the Pac-12 is what allowed these teams like Utah and Arizona State to wake up and say, all right, this is what's best. Now, you, you do think, I don't know, it's kind of interesting that we now have two teams in the conference that didn't necessarily want to be. Right? Arizona State fans aren't glowingly happy, I, I wouldn't imagine. Utah fans, I'm sure they still think they're too good for the Big 12, which is fine because it allows them to be the heel. Right? you got to have one. <clears throat> We've talked about how it might be kind of difficult for the Big 12 to find a bunch of new rivalries seeing as how most of the old Big 12 got along, right? And it is true. I think naturally Texas Tech should be the natural rival for Oklahoma State. But with the way Utah acts, everybody in the Big 12 is going to want a shot at it. All of them, every team, as they should. Utah is going to be the redheaded stepchild of the conference. Now, do they bring instantaneous credibility? Yeah, they do. They've had a success rating very comparable to Oklahoma State. They do have more trophies. It, yeah, it's in a week pack 12, but it doesn't matter. The trophy case is filled up, or at least it has been recently. So they do add a lot of value. I've been throwing shade at the fan base, and their fan base deserves to have shade thrown their way. But I'm also realistic, as we talked about months ago. Guys, I had videos before Utah started acting crazy about how cool I thought it was that Utah was going to be in the league. And then that idea was floated to some Utah fans, and they decided to do what? Again, shove their nose so far up into the stratosphere of ridiculousness that they couldn't get out of their own way. But they did. They can see, okay, this is what's best. Utah, you don't have to love it. You know it's the best move, or it wouldn't have happened. Right? The presidents, the 80s, chancellors, whatever, they understand this is the right move. This is the best move for their conference. This is the best move for their future survivability, viability. Now, what happens to the Pac-12? I don't know. I think it's... A Mountain West type of conglomerate. There is still some history there. There's still some tradition there. It does suck to see the Oregon states and Washington states out of the world be potentially left out of this entire equation. But 
unless you were addicted to nonsense, this is the way it was going to end up. It's just fact fact of uh, realignment. So now those people who have been pretending that this isn't coming, they can stop. And that's good for everybody. Is there going to be another chapter? I would say so. Florida State's pretty convinced they can get out of their deal. They've got the money and the, and the willing to do so. What does it do for the contracts? What does it do for the ACC in general? Does this mean the Big 12 swoops in and grabs a few more uh, ACC schools? Yes. I would love for us to go after Miami hard. Don't know how realistic of a possibility it is to even try to land them, but we got to try. But even if it's this type of scenario where Oregon and Washington don't come to the Big 12 because they're on to something else, that's fine, right? But let's be forward-thinking. If it's going to be some of the teams from the ACC, like your Virginia Techs or your NC States or your Pitts or your Louisvilles, that's fine. That's great. We'll, we'll swoop them up. Let's just go ahead and do it now. Let's – not have to worry about the possibility of going for a Miami or North Carolina even and not getting them. You know, it's the same argument, I guess, about Utah doesn't exactly want to be in, but Utah, the people who matter at Utah understand this is the best chance that they're going to have at future viability. You even have the same conversation out on the other side of the country. I think those teams I just named, very good additions. So let's not make it like, a, oh, crap, we're going to get stuck with. Don't let that narrative start to get pushed now. Getting, quote, unquote, stuck with Virginia Tech, NC State, Pitt, Louisville. Um, that's not a stuck with scenario to me. I do feel bad for UConn. I think UConn is a good gift. I kind of thought UConn would be involved in some of this to some degree. Now, I'm glad we didn't rush because the four corner schools are a better get than UConn. That's fair. But we're going to need some travel partners the other side of the country. It's beneficial for us to have that. So that way, you know, there's no more poaching that we got to worry about. We're in the poaching side of the game. This is what it is. This is the direction. It's going towards, and that's fine. We've said before, is it great for the game of football that any of this is happening? No, it's not. Can we change any of it? Well, not really. Right? Is there a whole lot that we're going to be able to maneuver here? Not, not really. So, congrats to the four corner schools. Makes the most sense. Makes the most money. Gets the most eyeballs. It brings in um, you that holy rivals, the holy war, right? You should watch the holy rivals show, Big Twelve Mafia. But yeah, there's some people out there that are happy right now. So more of us that should be happy is if you're looking at this coming basketball season, can Mike Boynton get it done? What are the expectations? Well, I think everybody agrees it's tournament or bust. I think it should go a step further. I think it should be win a tournament game, at least one tournament game, 
or 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 bust. Anything anything other than that? After seven years, this being the seventh year for Mike Boynton, I don't know how you can sales pitch me on anything other than that. But I digress. Let's talk about this trip that we're in right now, headed to Spain. This is a pretty cool deal. We are young. We have a lot of talent, but we have a lot of youth. This is going to be very, very, very good for some of those guys. You, well, us, us heading to Spain, right? We're going to be there for 11 days, 10 nights. We played three exhibition, exhibition games against professional teams from Spain, a country that, you know, has gotten better and better and better over the years at the game. The games will be in Toledo, Valencia, and Barcelona. <clears throat> These are grown men that we're playing. The first team averages 32 years old on average. Will some of the, the leadership, right, seniority, whether it be transfer or not, will some of these guys be able to help the new guys come to speed a lot faster? We'll find out pretty quickly. But everybody's pretty high on Javon Small, transfer from ECU. Uh, you know, we've talked before with Doug Gottlieb. He loved Jared Sicklin. thinks he's a very good get. And then you talk about Eric Daly Jr., top 100 recruit, and then the other consensus, you know, big-time get for us and All-American, Brandon Garrison. These guys are young, but they've got some transfers in, mixed in with them. Is John Michael Wright going to be able to provide that veteran presence and the ball handling capabilities to relieve Javon Small occasionally? I think I think so. Is this the year that Bryce Thompson finds everything that we know that he's capable of as long as he can be, you know, consistent? Sure. Brendan Garrison is an All-American for a reason. And because of Isaiah Miranda, I don't know that he's going to be thrust into the same kind of a role that was going to be asked of him beforehand. I'm interested to see what – Connor Dow ends up being, is he going to be used as a sharpshooter or is he going to be a little bit more versatile than that? We don't know. But nonetheless, this trip to Spain is important. We know maturity is going to need to happen fast with this ball club. So if they can hit the ground running and it starts here in Spain, it could bode well for the season to come. But uh, I think that's all we're going to have for this one. I'm so happy to be able to bring in the Four Corner Schools. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. And dagnabbit, sometimes, sometimes the dogs just got to eat. All right, y'all. You know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you once again for tuning in to make this your first listen. I know that you could be anywhere. You could go anywhere. You could listen anywhere. It means the world that you're here today. All righty, y'all. This is awesome. The Big 12 is getting bigger. It's getting better. And it's here to stay. Enjoy it. All righty, y'all. Later, taters. <laughs>